Hello and welcome everyone to the Almost Awesome Podcast, the only podcast that you can get wet after midnight. I'm your host, Tanner Rainhurst, and today we're going to be talking about uh, the movie It Chapter 2. That's right. Oh my god, what are what are you doing here, Will? I've been here for every episode of the podcast. You've never once looked over at me. Oh. Oh, okay. Uh, I have a mic set up and everything. Oh, I can't I can't believe I haven't noticed that till now. Like, it's pretty strange, because I'm sitting right across from you. Oh, alright. Well, have you, have you liked it so far? Not an episode, oh. but today will be the first one I'll like. Oh, okay. Well, that's... Maybe. Uh, yeah. Let's not let's not <laughs> let's not get ahead of ourselves. Yeah, that's that's kind of setting us up for uh, uh, unrealistic standard. Do people know you record from underneath an Albertsons? <laughs> well, um, you know they haven't. Have you ever revealed they, that to the audience? They haven't asked me anything about it yet. Like the guys upstairs aren't. Uh, the manager is very concerned about when you're going to wrap this up. <laughs> well, uh, you know we we kind of have a little deal. I, I don't reveal some things he's done, and he doesn't reveal them inside. All right, fair enough. Alright, um, but, you know, I was going to talk about... Uh, Who it, I am? Uh, oh, yeah, I guess I could do that. Uh, no, I guess I guess I would reveal that you're my brother, Will. What? Uh, yeah, the the tests came back, and you are, oh. in fact, the that brother. Makes, that makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah, otherwise, right. like, the whole time we were growing up, that would have just been... Yeah, I thought you were just, like, a really, like, intrusive mm-hmm. neighbor who yeah. just grew up in my house. Yeah. It's just like, when is just he going like, to go home? At, at the... At the time, I was an infant. Um, but, uh, you know, this is actually kind of perfect. Uh, we both uh, we both saw uh, It Chapter 1 at the same time, because we were going to be seeing the movie, or you were going to be seeing it, and I thought, yeah, I'll, I'll see it too. So we saw the first movie together uh, just recently. We both didn't see it when it first came out. And then next day, you and I, or something like that, you and I both saw It Chapter 2 separately. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we're just going to talk a little bit about, uh, uh, just kind of about both movies, uh, right now, and how they fit together as whole, one whole experience, so. Okay, you, and you've never, you haven't read the book, right? No, I have not okay. read the book. I read the book a long, 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 like, I think I read it in high school. Mm-hmm. And just so that everyone can understand how long ago that was, I am 79. Ah, yeah. So, mm-hmm. that's, uh, so I read it back before it was written. Right. Um, <laughs> No, so that was like probably 2004, 2005. I might have been working a Hollywood video at that point. Oh, okay. Kind of around there. So that was. So I don't remember everything perfectly well. It was a very long book. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I can. There are some scenes I, I remember specifically, and I, I know there are some things that are different. Yeah. I don't quite remember all the tiny details. But I, I do remember the book. I do know like some of the kind of more famous things from the book, or some of the more infamous things, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll we'll get into a little bit of those differences uh, in just a second here, and but just first impressions, you know, like the the first movie, uh, chapter one, as it mm-hmm. was retroactively called. Um, kind I mean, of, it says it in the credits at the end. They say, it, "Oh chapter yeah, one. no, that's that's right." Um, so this movie is kind of interesting because it it set out to be. It's not like most horror movies mm-hmm. where, like, it's like, oh, if it does good enough, we'll get a sequel or something like that. Or they kind of drag it out a little bit. This was planned to be two movies because in the novel It's, uh, based on the novel uh, Pushed by Sapphire, mm-hmm. uh, no, by uh, Stephen King, 
it's it's this as I understand it, it's this really long mm-hmm. book and it's kind of split in half between um, the group of kids known as the losers. The Losers Club. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's the book is it's not structured like in half. It, it jumps mm-hmm. between the two timelines. Okay. So you get introduced to the kids, you get introduced to the town of Derry, and uh, a little bit of like the creepiness that's going on. The, obviously, the Georgie scene is in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you get to know the other kids, and then it jumps forward. I think the uh, book starts off in 1955, mm-hmm. sometime in the 1950s, something like that. And then jumps forward to the 80s. Um, Which is their present day. Yeah. The, um, or maybe it's the late 70s. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember exactly when it takes place. But then um, it shows the adults and having to come back. And sort of as the adults are kind of like remembering. Because there's the, in the new movie, there's the thing you, you see where yeah. they, they don't really remember their past. Um, as they sort of uncover that, you get the flashbacks. Um, in the book to them being kids. So you get kind of, so it's kind of, it's a little bit as the adults kind of remember what happened, you see those events. And so the structure, I get why they split it in the two movies, because of this movie, there's a lot in the book. It's a Mm -hmm. very dense book. So I can see why it makes sense to split off the kid timeline and make that whole one movie. Um, And then if it wasn't successful, well, at least you have a complete film and that's done. Mm Mm-hmm. And then if you get this, if it's successful, then you can do the second one and show the adults. It does make a kind of sense, but um, as as, I kinda, as we talk about the second one, I'll talk about like why that, the weakness and mm-hmm. why it, all of a sudden that doesn't work as well. And this isn't, and this isn't the first time it's been adapted. I think a lot of people are at least familiar with the uh, Tim Curry mm-hmm. version of it, and that was a television adaption. That was a miniseries. Yeah. Two two episode miniseries. Mm-hmm. And I think that was structured similarly to the book where it was uh it, it, it started it started like with the Georgie scene, then mm-hmm. they're adults, and then they would remember uh stuff from back in the day. Yeah. And and that's kind of the the big thing, I think, especially f- for you, um, with the actual design of uh Pennywise itself, because mm-hmm. the Tim Curry one uh, which more or less like actually brought Pennywise to life, just mm-hmm. became the standard. Uh, he looked like an actual clown, like a little bit creepy as clowns can be. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas opposed to the Bill Skarsgård, Skarsgård, uh, Skarsgård uh, version, uh, is intentionally made. I corrected to be... you there. I actually don't know how it's pronounced. <laughs> I, could, I could be totally wrong. It's, uh, Skarsgård, it's actually Smith. The Skarsgård but... family could be listening right now and be like, "These idiot! Why would he correct him if he doesn't know?" <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I have no idea, um, but I think that's it. But uh, but his design is intentionally made creepy, and he has an intentional like creepy stare. Yeah, it, it's it's the issue I have with movies like the Annabelle movies, mm-hmm. um, which is you know they they make it look like a creepy doll, so it's got all these weird cracks. It looks like an evil doll, mm-hmm. and my issue with that is like. Yeah, but you would never have that in your house. Like, there's no way you would ever, you would never go near a creepy doll like that. Unless you were, like, some, like, weird goth kid who liked to have right. creepy-looking stuff. Unless you're a fan of Annabelle and you yeah. have the Annabelle. So thing. you would never have anything like that. So mm-hmm. it just immediately takes me out of a movie because I'm like, okay, yeah, but no dolls look like that. Yeah, it, it's... Whereas opposed to, there's a cool, um, 
Uh, Rod Serling had a second show um, that wasn't Twilight Zone. It was called Night Gallery. Mm-hmm. And there was a really, really cool episode. People should try to look it up. I forget what it's called. It might just be called The Doll. I don't remember. Um, but it's also a precursor to Chucky. It's kind of the mm-hmm. people who wrote Chucky kind of ripped off the episode. Oh. Um, maybe not directly. I shouldn't accuse them. I, maybe not directly. But it is very similar. Inspired um, by and it, it is like a doll that looks like a normal doll, and mm-hmm. throughout the episode you kind of realize it's like alive, and it's like coming after you. Oh, I think I know what you're talking yeah. about. And it, yeah, and the way it's filmed is it's very subtle. Like, it will literally be the doll will be sitting there, like, not moving, and the characters will kind of look at it, look away, and you'll see, like, just the eyes of the doll move, like, on its own. Which is so much freakier than, like, the Annabelle creepy, like, I'm a possessed doll. Like, it just... To me, it just immediately the line from the movie. I'm a possessed doll. Yeah, it's that movie was really like you know <laughs> solid and immediately forgot all of it. It just mm. was nothing stuck with me. And the same thing with this new Pennywise, um, Bill um, Skelsberry. He he returns in a good performance. Like he's actually he's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but the problem is, is he looks like a scary clown. Mm. Um, there's the way his makeup is designed is made to look made him look sinister. Um, he, he doesn't look like a clown you'd ever encounter Mm. in real life. And even when you're reading the book, there's nothing about Pennywise to give away, like just in his clown form, there's nothing to give away that there's something off about him. Right. Because that's kind of the point is he's supposed to kind of draw kids in Mm. and then you get uh uh-oh like (laughs) vibes from him. You get uh-ohs from him. Yeah, so so that's so his design always works against the scare factor for me. And I, I if somebody tells me they're actually scared by these movies, I'm probably not <laughs> going to believe them. There's there's really there's jump scares, but that that does, that barely counts as a scare, right? It's, um, it's and there's just the so many of them. Too. So it, I if somebody says they're actually scared by Pennywise, uh, I. It must be hard to get through the day because, <laughs> like, I don't understand how everything you encounter doesn't scare you. Because it's Pennywise in these movies is probably the least scariest thing I could ever imagine. Mm-hmm. Even if you're scared by clowns, like he spends so little of the time actually looking like a realistic clown, I just don't, I just don't buy that anyone's scared by this version of Pennywise, despite right. how good the performance is. Mm-hmm. When he can like actually take the form of like loved ones, like perfectly. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he can become anything, and that was a, a thing they kind of introduced really late in the second movie, where it's like he has to obey the rules of the form he takes. They introduce it so late, it's in the final scene. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's how, you go two movies, which equal about five hours, and in the last 15 minutes, they introduce that idea, and it's like, oh, cool. Yeah, it feels like... Based on the other two movies, I don't even think that's that's not true. Like he he, I don't understand any of the rules of Pennywise. Nothing that he does makes any sense whatsoever. Right in this movie, it's like, or maybe we'll get into a little bit more of that. But uh, first, uh, we'll we'll talk a little bit about um, first movie here, uh, where it is structured like it is in the book, where it's kind of. Details the losers all coming together separately, and you know we spend a whole big time. Like, how? how, um, Let's just talk about the characters Mm -hmm. mostly from first movie and the second movie. So, first movie, you've got all your losers, all the kids, and everything. I think they do a really good job of uh, making distinct personalities. 
Yeah, bounce I mean, off of each other. Yeah, so there's pluses and minuses to that. In the in the book, there's a lot more subtlety with a lot of the characters and their personalities. Mm-hmm. But it's a book, so you can get away with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of that is a little bit harder to translate into movie form. So I don't necessarily. So the characters are a lot more broad in the movies. They they kind of pick like just kind of a couple features from the book and amplify those and make those the characters. But again, it's mm-hmm. a movie, so. There's a lot... Stephen King, if you haven't read a lot of his books, he's a great writer, but he's not a perfect writer. The thing that mm-hmm. drives me crazy about a lot of his books is sometimes he just rambles on and on and on. Yeah. And he'll go on forever. The stand really suffers from this, where mm-hmm. you'll he'll be describing, like, there'll be a drug addict character, and he'll be describing his background, how he got addicted to drugs, and all the bands this guy hung around <laughs> with, and like, all, he's going on and on, and 13 pages later, you forget what the character was doing in the first place. Right. You're like, wait, why was this guy here? Why is he at these apartments? What is he doing? And so, Stephen King, like, tends to just do that way too much. So, I don't even begrudge the filmmakers for wanting to pick just a couple of the more prominent character traits and just amplify those. Um, and so, they do that pretty well. They streamline the character's pretty well mm-hmm. um and in terms of the cast the the uh casting the casting of the kids and the adults is pretty good yeah um it, it's a good cast uh with uh the standout being the guy who pl- the kid and the guy who played eddie mm-hmm. i forget both actors names but um they that that is freaky good casting mm-hmm. just in terms of getting them to look alike and how they acted right um that was freaky good like, it, it is kind of interesting because it was uh, kind of a reversal where the adults in the second movie had to base their performances on uh, their child counterparts, mm-hmm. where most of the time it would be the other way around. Yeah. Uh, or something to that effect. So, you know, with uh, the main character, Bill's, like, stutter, like, getting that stutter mm-hmm. uh, just right, um, and... It seemingly had improved in the second one, but it still catches up with him. Yeah, it comes back the more he remembers, his mm-hmm. stutter kind of returns. Uh, McAvoy is the only one who I'd say, in terms of who looks like their character, he looks the least yeah. like his child character. But it's McAvoy, so I don't necessarily, uh, not necessarily bothered by it. Um, everyone else, uh, the other one is the kid who played the chubby kid, yeah. the actor he grew up into. That really does look like they aged that kid up and he, like, no, that, a male Yeah, he, he looks like... Like, that looks weird. Like, something about the eyes in even... Yeah. Oh, and something, like, I know they, for the second movie, they de-aged some of the kids. Yeah, I that think, was... Yeah, I'll get into that in a minute, but go ahead. I think, well, the kid who played the fat kid, Ben, mm-hmm. I think he's the only one I could kind of notice them mm-hmm. doing that because it's like his cheeks are, like, really smooth or something. Yeah. So I think it was a fact of either they had to age him down a little bit or, like, they actually digitally... Maybe that kid actually did lose weight. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had to... Fuck, we have to make him fat again. <laughs> yeah, that that first scene in the clubhouse was really jarring. Mm-hmm. And, because I... So I didn't see the first It movie when it came out. I saw mm-hmm. it literally hours before I saw uh, Chapter 2. Yeah, I think you and I both saw it at the same time. Yeah, I, I had not seen it 
uh, before, because I, I don't like waiting, so right. I was like, I don't, I don't want to watch this movie and then wait two years for the second one to come out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was, when the second one came out, uh, the day I was, was going to go see the second one, I watched the first one, just so that I was fresh and I didn't have to wait. And um, and that so that scene was really especially jarring to me, having just seen the first one. Mm-hmm. And immediately, I saw it with my friend Ryan Johnston. We saw it with a big group of people, and Ryan even turned to me, and he's just like, what's wrong with their faces? Like, something's <laughs> up. And I couldn't, it was one of those things, like, because I thought, okay, if we're doing one flashback to the kids, that's fine. There was, like, four or five flashback scenes, and at a certain point, I was like, okay, so why are these two movies now? Yeah, that was the that was the other thing, because the flashbacks in this movie, because in the first movie, the kids first face Pennywise, mm-hmm. uh, they fail... And then they're like, you know, fuck you guys, I'm out of this. And then, because uh, the film is structured, at, like, taking place in, like, different months during the summer. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it says, okay, now this takes place in August. So mm-hmm. it, it lets you know that there is a actual gap in between when they separate and then, mm-hmm. then when they reunite uh, for Pennywise. And then, in the second movie, when the grown-ups are trying to remember, because they have to find totems... Of tokens. Tokens yeah. of their memories of something for this ritual of Yeah, and it's all scenes with the kids that we didn't see in the first movie. Right. So which, which made me be like, oh, so the the all the important things that we needed to see is not in the first movie? Mm-hmm. You could have just skipped the first movie entirely almost. Well, it, it, it's even where, uh, when they reunite at the end of the first movie, and it's like, hey, uh, Pennywise attacked me again. Like, while I was in the, like, school, like, we, like, yeah, I didn't, I also didn't understand when anything was supposed to take place. There were a Mm -hmm. lot of scenes where I was like, wait, where, what time does this happen? Yeah, I guess it all took place within that movie, all the flashbacks. Yeah, I guess it all happened within the the couple days that they all separated. I guess. But, so, but then that leads to other issues, which, I had this issue in the first movie, but it felt really, really amplified in this one, which is... Like, why, so why is Pennywise just scaring kids and then not eating them? Mm-hmm. Like, for, you know, like that, so in the first movie, I'm like, okay, I get it, the more scared they are, the better they taste to him, because he eats the kids. Mm-hmm. Spoiler, spoiler alert. <laughs> um, but in the second movie, I really didn't understand. Why was he just scaring the adults and then letting them go? <laughs> I, I well, super didn't get it then. It, it also doesn't make sense because there is that uh, point in the second movie where he is he scares like this one girl mm-hmm. that's introduced in the beginning. Um, and well, I want to talk about the beginning of the second movie in a second. Mm-hmm. But there's this little girl that's introduced with a birthmark on her cheek. And uh, Pennywise draws her away from her parents. Mm-hmm. And uh, he tricks her into coming closer and eating her just like how she did Georgie. Yeah. And, but he's not scaring them. He's like gaining their trust. Yeah. And then he attacks them and then eats them. Yeah. Which, which is an issue for like with the opening scene with Georgie, uh, in the book as well. By the way, the book is not perfect. Like Mm -hmm. the book is also kind of, kind of all over the place. There's a lot of issues in the book. Um, and so it, it's not even one of my favorite Stephen King books. It's the one where, because he went through this kind of drug period, <laughs> it's the one that I think really suffers from, like, clearly he, he was not in his right mind the entire time, because right. there's a lot of inconsistencies and a lot of, like, 
similar problems of like, wait, why is Pennywise doing this? I don't quite understand the rules. A lot of his work suffered from that it maximum overdrive. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that's that's his movie that he directed, which <laughs> everyone should watch. Um, but yeah, so there. So the book is not perfect either, but it then it's just kind of incumbent upon the filmmakers of if you understand those imperfections, maybe try to smooth it out. Maybe mm-hmm. try to like, you know, work on that a bit. And it felt like they didn't even do that. They were like, well, this is what, you know, Penny, we need scary moments to happen. So scary moments are going to happen. But especially in the second movie, it makes no sense why Pennywise isn't just trying to kill all the adults right then and there. Mm-hmm. Um and it's just constant, just like, oh, this is going to be a good one. It's like, yeah, like, I think I even, like, turned to you, like, during the first movie where it's like, does Pennywise just, like, plan out his attacks? Like, oh, this kid's afraid of leopards. Oh, my God. Okay, I am so ready for this. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, so there's things like that that crop up. Like, the, you know, Eddie's afraid of lepers, which is, like, that. what a weird <laughs> fear for a kid to have. I guess, yeah. Because like, lepers mother- aren't really, like, super popular nowadays yeah (laughs) so that's an odd for me anyway i don't know i I don't know when i first learned about leprosy and all that but (laughs) but i feel like that's a weird thing for a little kid to be afraid of um because how much exposure could he possibly have i guess it's because his mother was really overbearing and like yeah but you still have to learn what a leper is (laughs) and so that so to me i'm like that's just that's really weird it would be like um, it would be like kids having a fear of, um, polio. No, not polio. More like, you know, uh, more like the black plague. Yeah. It, it's like, you know, like kids don't really have an understanding. It's something kind of high school what the black plague is. And even then you don't really get into like any of like the serious details of it and stuff. You just kind of learn a broad history of it. So it'd be weird to have like a fear of that specifically. Um, so that, so that felt a little strange. Uh, so the movies, both movies are full of things like that. Things mm-hmm. that are like, you know, didn't really clarify any of the things that Stephen King kind of failed to set in place. And so Pennywise's powers seem all over the place and that there's also no rules to them. Mm-hmm. Um, they, which, except when they decide there are rules. Yeah. Especially like, like we said, on like the last 15 minutes or yeah something. And, um. And in in the beginning of the second movie, it opens up with that uh, gay couple. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think you, like, I saw on Facebook you had a... Yeah, so that scene and, is in the book. That That's also how we're introduced to uh, the adult timeline. Mm-hmm. So that scene is in there. Um, but the difference is, in the movie, when the attack happens and they throw him over the bridge... Mm-hmm. Um, you see a little bit of Pennywise right there, like as the guy's like coming up above water. You see him a little bit, which is cool. But then you proceed to see Pennywise just straight up eat him right there after he's already been beaten. Right. So it opens with like a bunch of uh, homophobes beating this gay couple, mm-hmm. and it's a very violent, very um, very aggressive, very violent and like, grounded scene, which it yeah. is in the book too. Um, so they're following the book pretty well up to that point, but then. Uh, but then those attackers are never seen in the rest of the movie. Um, yeah. All of Derry is not seen for the rest of the movie, which is pretty <laughs> weird. But no, yeah, there were a lot of times in the second movie where it's just empty. Yeah, the like, town seems abandoned, which I, I don't quite get, because it seems like it also except, has a town fair. Yeah, it's like everyone, I guess, was at the fair, the they're at the 20 fair people or, that were at the fair. They're at the fair or Jade of the Orient, right? and that's where all the people are. Nobody <laughs> else is anywhere else, which is very strange. But, uh... 
So those attackers just drop out of the movie. They're, they attack this gay couple, never seen again. In the book, they're arrested. And in fact, one of the uh, attackers uh, claims to see Pennywise and is like kind of shaken by that. And uh, you get the sense of like, so at least something happens. There's a consequence for what they do. But in the movie, they're, they just disappear. Right. So it just comes off as a really bizarre random scene where a gay couple is just violently attacked. Mm-hmm. And then nothing comes of that. Like, so in the book, it's meant to introduce, like, something weird is going on. Um, and, of course, it was a book written in the 80s by Stephen King who was, like, coked out of his mind. Mm. So it's not handled very sensitively in the book either. But at least the attackers have some comeuppance. Right. And yeah. whereas in the movie, they just drop out. And to me, I'm like, that's a really tricky scene to, if you're going to do a shortened version of that. Um, that's a really tricky one to get right, and I almost would have done something completely different. Yeah. Just because if you handle that wrong, it comes off as gross, not in, like, the horror movie sense, but just kind of, like, socially kind of gross. Yeah, socially insensitive. What what are you trying to say with Mm -hmm. this scene? Um, and I think there are some changes in the, to some characters later on Mm -hmm. that make it a little bit more... Uh, weird, but it's it's one example that these movies tried to do, where setting up setting up Derry as like a character, and mm-hmm. there and not just in that movie, but in the previous movie, like with the mm-hmm. Bowers character, uh, there's definite like racism, mm-hmm. uh, definite homophobia in the town of Derry. Uh, there's like weird, like creepy pedophiles, mm-hmm. just like uh, walking around like that weird pharmacist. Yeah, uh, but it. I, I feel like, and I feel like this might be more in the book where this, all this has been happening, all these like negative emotions are happening in the town of Derry. And so it feeds into this, like Pennywise breeds like this level of hate and stuff in the town. Yeah. So, but when you do stuff like a hate crime against people, it's hard to, because those are real things yeah. that happen in the real world. So is that to say, so when you add the supernatural elements and you don't mm. quite get the message right that, oh yeah, he's breeding this in the town, mm. you kind of get this, you know, it's like, well, are they exempt from their actions? Because they're not. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, there's kind of two two forces at work in, in it, which is the establishment of every 27 years... Uh, Pennywise kind of comes back and starts feeding on people again. But then he also feeds on aggression and hatred and all that. Mm-hmm. And that kind of brings him back. So which is it? Which is it, Pennywise? You know, so, so in the movie, it's not clear that that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. In either movie, that's not clear at all that he's... I don't even know if it's really clear. Maybe I missed it. Uh, I don't know if it's all that clear that he... Uh, think children taste better if they're afraid. I don't know if that's ever stated. It might be. I don't think it's stated in these movies. Um, But so, because the the thing with Pennywise is the the creature is sort of described as a psychic vampire. It's Mm kind of like what... um, Which is kind of a common thing in most Stephen King. Yeah. There are a lot of like emotional or psychic vampires, like especially in like The Shining or like uh, Doctor Sleep. Yeah. Which that is also coming out. Yeah. So, uh, 
but the problem is, is that in the movie, that's not too clear. And if you haven't read the books, I can picture somebody being like, so, wait, so which is it? Is it every 27 years he comes back? Or is it when there's a lot of hate and aggression, he comes back? Mm-hmm. And my thing is, like, you got to pick one. Um, because, now, like, I don't, because it seems like Pennywise would have come back anyway. Mm-hmm. And so that opening scene is just a it's an just an example of like you know just kind of thinking things through because right now that opening scene says nothing about the movie like there is no message getting across mm-hmm. it's just an opening shocking scene for the sake of being an opening shocking scene so it doesn't really say anything it's not commenting on anything mm-hmm. and not saying it did in the book either. But I'm just saying that at least the attackers had a comeuppance, and at least it had a ripple effect throughout the rest of the story. Right. In the movie, it doesn't, really. Uh, most it does is it informs Mike that, oh, Pennywise is back. But he knew that he was coming back, because he's been researching it, and he knows every 27 years, Pennywise yeah. comes back anyway. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't even really do that. Yeah, he had a police scanner just, like, on just, like, all the time, Yeah, I guess. so he was, so he's been ready for it. And he even says, like, there were other attacks, too, so. It's like, okay, you can just assume. So the opening scene is just, it doesn't really, it doesn't do anything for the story, and it's not making any sort of comment. So, just that, from my filmmaking uh, perspective and background, I, that's something I would have, I would have changed that opening scene. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I, I just don't think it works. Um Mm. And I think it barely works in the book. Yeah, and that that is kind of what works against these uh, films. But you know, let's talk about the things that we did really enjoy nah. from this film. Oh okay. no! Oh, all right, fine. Yeah, uh, yeah. There there are things that I did think were kind of cool, I, and I think we can both agree on that. That thing might just generally be Bill Hader's performance. Oh, I was going to say the Jade Orient restaurant. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, um. Uh, yeah, Bill Hader is definitely, he saves that second movie for me. That second movie would be a hundred percent average, like mm-hmm. nothing special had Bill Hader not been in it. Like he, he really saves that movie for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if that's a good thing because this is ultimately a horror movie and he's just really funny in it. Mm-hmm. And to the point to where it's distracting, um, and I, I don't know, like, I just think he's hilarious. And my favorite parts of the movie are his parts, but they're not the scary parts. Mm-hmm. And I and feel he, like that's bad for a horror movie. And he can be a really good dramatic actor. Like, his show, Barry, mm-hmm. like, it, it's like, holy crap, he can really turn on the emotion, like, yeah. when, when you need it to. So, but, yeah, a uh, thing going on with this movie is that it is really funny in parts. And mm-hmm. not just with Bill Hader, but I think the guy who also plays Eddie, like, he has Eddie's some, pretty funny. They have and, great chemistry. I could have watched the whole movie of just those two hanging mm-hmm. out. Because they're just reacting to these weird, like, horror movie, mm-hmm. like, things going on. It's like, no, 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 wait. Like, we shouldn't go down there. That's He's fucking with us. Yeah. They, um, they were the most interesting characters just by virtue of those actors and their chemistry together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I feel like there could have been... This might have worked against the movie as well, but there could have been a more self-awareness from all the adults just going, mm-hmm. like, okay, wait, no, we know what this is. Mm-hmm. We we learned all this stuff. I And, yeah, they don't remember a lot, but they're remembering. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're adults. They don't get scared as easily. Uh, and there's little bits of that. 
moments uh, throughout the movie where the grown-ups are aware of what's going on, uh, but they still get scared at stuff. They're still working out their own personal issues. Um, but, yeah, there wasn't enough. I, I made the joke in the movie when the character Bowers returns in this mm. second one where he thought he was dead. Uh, he had been in an insane asylum, and I love that he's stuck in the 80s. Mm -hmm. He's still got the mullets. He's chubby now. Um, he looks like someone who's just reliving his glory days. Um, but uh, there's a point where he gets killed, spoiler alert, um, in the movie by uh, Bill Hader's character. And then the rest of the gang like runs in, and I think it was Beverly who just like was like, oh my god, there's a dead body. And I really wanted someone to I had the joke, it's like, oh, don't worry, it's Bowers. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was, yeah, the Bowers character um, obviously has more to do in the book uh, when he comes out of the insane asylum. I, he um, he kills one of the losers. Uh, oh. Yeah, and uh, and I forget which one. That's been too long. Could, I, could I, I, don't, I don't remember who lives in the book and who doesn't. Oh. Um, but he kills one of them. Uh, because he's, in the movie, he doesn't, he doesn't do anything. Yeah. Like, he just shows up and he's just crazy mm -hmm. with his friend, the corpse guy who drives a car. Mm -hmm. Um, with, which that was turning into, like, Tales from the Creep kind of cheesiness. Tales from the Crypt is the name of the series. <laughs> Tales. Uh, you're, you're he's... getting Creep Show and Tales from the Crypt mixed <laughs> up. Um, yeah, that was, that was just strange. So the Bowers thing just really didn't go anywhere. That felt a lot like at some point the filmmakers were like, "Oh, right, we gotta we, the Bowers thing. We gotta mm. put that back." Because he only shows up to them twice. Yeah, where he gets stabbed a bunch but survives. He gets stabbed then... in the chest, or I think in the heart, and survives, mm. and then gets axed in the back of the head. Which at that point you're just like, "So why wouldn't he survive this? Is it not just Pennywise? Why did Pennywise need his help?" <laughs> yeah, in, in the book, it's because he's trying to, like, take out all the losers, and um, he's, so he's recruiting Bowers to kill them, and he gets one of them. Mm -hmm. um, and he seems like uh, the Bowers character is kind of a good metaphor for, like, just homophobia, racism, like, just that hate that mm -hmm. Pennywise has nurtured in this He's, he's a pretty classic Stephen King villain. Mm -hmm. If there's a small town, there's a character like Bowers. There. Right. Um, same thing like in The Body and um, and pretty much... Uh, Stand By Me. Yeah. That's that's The Body. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so, you, you and Under the Dome has a character like that. A couple mm -hmm. characters like that. So, that, that's a pretty standard Stephen King villain. But, mm -hmm. yeah, it doesn't really do anything in this movie. Kind of a big waste of time. I, I think... The biggest, the biggest issue this movie has going for it is um, once the loser is split up, you're kind of watching the same scene over and over again, which is yeah. they're on their own trying to find their token. Pennywise does something creepy and scary, but doesn't actually hurt them. Mm -hmm. And you see that with each and every member of the losers club. And that's when it became clear to me where I was like, oh, okay. So they really didn't have enough material for this whole second film. Right. Um, because nothing is really progressing forward no. throughout the film. It's us taking a pause, going to each one, and then they move forward. You you think, because we're learning new information, but 
were kind of not. It, it, yeah. it, it does stop the movie for probably a good hour. Yeah. Whereas when the movie, the stories are intertwined, like in the book, mm-hmm. you're learning about the character's history and stuff. And mm-hmm. so you're, you're, you're finding out more and more about the town as they're finding out, or more and more about their past. Mm-hmm. So this is where that structure really works against the story. Um, and it's just inexcusable that this movie's almost three hours long. Yeah. Especially with how little plot gets advanced. It, it, it's, it's almost unforgivable. Mm-hmm. It's, so, I, I thought, at the end of the day, the movie... Oh, one... Sorry, I know I was, I'm complaining about this movie. <laughs> um, but I'm going to complain some more. The, yeah, yeah. the final scene with um, the spider clown... Yeah, I was, I was disappointed by that. Yeah, that was terrible. Because <laughs> that was just straight bad. Because I'm not I'm not the biggest Stephen King fan. I haven't really read a lot of his books uh, except for the Dark Tower series. Mm. And the Dark Tower series, you know, that for those who don't know, that's kind of his magnum opus. That's or not kind of is. And the Dark Tower series kind of explains like why weird things happen in a lot of Stephen King's novels and mm. it's basically that there's the center of the universe, the Dark Tower, mm-hmm. and some asshole, uh, the Crimson King, is trying to knock it over. And every time he does that, it's breaking loose all these things into our world and all these different levels of the Dark Tower. Yeah, so, it's, why, it's why there's evil entities that spill over into our world. Mainly in Maine. Yeah. It's like, just mostly there. And But I, I love the, just kind of the mythology of that the Dark Tower creates, so... Um, and I know how Pennywise kind of fits into the world. He's a little bit related to some of the monsters. He may possibly be related to the Crimson King, who's like the ultimate Stephen King villain. Yeah, there, yeah, you, there's a couple of creatures that are similar to it that show up. In other Mainly Stephen spider King. characters, because Stephen King doesn't like spiders, I guess. Yeah, but so, at the end, when you see, it's supposed to be where you see Pennywise's true form. Mm-hmm. And in the books, it's it's not the kids can't quite understand, not the kids, the adults, Mm -hmm. um, they can't quite comprehend what they're looking at. Mm -hmm. uh, Is kind of how it's described. It's just it's sort of like indescribable. But the best they can kind of come up with is it looks similar to a spider. Mm -hmm. Which I know that's insanely hard to like. How do you translate that into a movie? Something that can't be comprehended. How do you? You, like, do that. And, and so the I, original TV adaption did a spider. Yeah, just a big spider monster, mm. um, essentially. Which, you know, I mean... Fine. I, yeah, it, it's, it looks terrible. The special effects are right. really bad. But it, the concept of it just being a big spider... Eh, you know what? It, Stephen King didn't really give him much to work with in the books. So, mm. but, but for the movie, to <laughs> go with... <laughs> It's literally Pennywise with, like, spider legs and arms. Mm. And then that's it. And then it's just a bigger Pennywise is... That's dumber. That's that's borderline walk out of your movie. Like, this is stupid. Like, this is so Because it's like, why? Because he spends, like, a good portion, like, staying in that form. Um, But after, like, seeing movies like The Mist or something where you see, like, big, huge kind of colossal spider-like creatures. Like, that's kind of what I was expecting a little bit. I wanted something weird, something that doesn't make sense, 
little bit. And yeah, like you said, that's something, really something constantly shifting and changing. Like it yeah. doesn't have to stay the same. You, you didn't even have to really focus on it. You could like have it a little bit obscured. Yeah, and they're they're just like trying to get away from it. Like yeah, it is a horror movie. You don't have to have it be completely lit and see the entire monster. You know, mm-hmm. you can. It's a horror film. You can kind of like have fun with what you don't see. Um, but this movie's not interested in that. So, like, that's just, I, I don't, I don't get why, other than maybe they just want to see more of Pennywise in the movie, maybe the filmmakers just wanted to keep seeing more of Pennywise. Mm -hmm. Maybe it had to do with Bill, uh, Strasberry. Yeah. Uh, like, trying to get his performance more, but. Uh, yeah, I don't, that whole final scene, I thought, was was just ridiculous and and super corny and mm. you know it, but and then the way they they solve the problem of Pennywise of being like well if we imagine him as being small we can make that happen mm. and to the point to where he just he's reduced in size and they grab his heart and they squish it mm. and that kills him part of me is like well the rules have just been so not established that how do I really know that Pennywise is dead yeah like, how like you haven't given us any rules, so mm. I... And, and maybe you could have that to where... Because that sounds like another kind of horror movie. It's like, mm. how do we know he's really dead? Yeah. And so you have that little bit of dread. I don't particularly like that kind of no. ending, but it's like you said, like, the rules aren't yeah. defined as much, so we're just like, I guess this will work. Yeah. So... I don't know. Like overall, there there are moments I thought were cool. Um, anything with Bill Hader is great. Um, in the first movie, uh, I do like the opening scene with Georgie. I thought that was like pretty well done and pretty sad, and mm-hmm. it was appropriate for that. But uh, overall, I don't know. Like I try to I try to think like if I was to recommend to anybody like mm-hmm. you know the miniseries or these movies, uh, probably neither. And if somebody was like, "Would you recommend reading the book?" Almost no. Like, mm-hmm. I, it's not my favorite Stephen King novel. Um, I think there's a lot more of his, like, writings that are, like, way better. The, all the Dark Towers are better. Mm-hmm. Um, the Stand is way better. Um, so, uh, I even kind of like Doctor Sleep better. Yeah. Um, so, I, uh, Misery's better. So, there, so in terms of, like, Stephen King writing, uh, Salem's Lot is better. Um, in terms of Stephen King's writing, it's one of these stories that's, it's so popular, it's so well known, you can kind of skip it. Like, it's not one you're, you really need to read. It's not my favorite. It's, Um, it's not a horror movie like Get Out or something where it's like, you have to see, it It doesn't really, it doesn't really change it. You're not going to get a lot out of it. The most you'll get out of it, and it's, it's one of these, you and I have talked about this before, there's some movies and TV shows and video games that I feel like. They're only made because it's going to be, they're going to be able to sell the costumes of yeah. it. Um, and cosplay people are going to go crazy. So, like, mm, cosplay people are going to love Pennywise. They're yeah, we're, the com- way he looks. we're coming up on Halloween. Yeah, so, so we're going to see a bazillion of these kind of Pennywises. And that's... Pennywise? Yeah, and it's, it's all about selling the Pennywise merch. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, that's the real reason this movie exists. Is, yeah, it's like... Um, is just because visually doesn't Pennywise look cool and creepy, so now we can sell that. So now, like, Pinterest boards and DeviantArts yeah. are gonna light up with more Pennywise stuff. Yeah. But I guarantee you, like, when I went to go see it at the Alamo Draft House, mm-hmm. they were playing a, uh, I think it was the Indian version of It? 
like it was super low budget, like like there it was a clip from I think it's W O H is I don't know, I think it's pronounced Whoa. But Whoa. it's but it's the Indian adaptation of it. I didn't know this movie existed before I went to the Alamo Draft House. But it looks really low budget. And the scene I saw, way creepier than anything I saw in like these mm-hmm. movies. Like, oh my god, it's it's literally there, it's not even a rainy day, and like the kid is out, and Georgie's out by like a uh, drain. Mm-hmm. He's in his backyard, and there's a pool, and Pennywise comes out of the pool, and is just in full clown gear. It looks like a normal clown, but what? But you just have a clown hanging out in your pool, telling you to come in. That is <laughs> way scarier than anything I saw in either of these two like it movies. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, that would freak me out. There were, like, some special effects in this movie where I did, like, in the trailer, I think most people know, if they haven't seen this movie, Mm -hmm. like, the grandma that Beverly Mm -hmm. visits, and when, then you know, like, she comes out as something scary. Um, Big googly-eyed monster. Big googly-eyed monster, and I was like, I would normally see something like that in, like, uh, Japanese horror films, so mm-hmm. I was I was intrigued for a second when when she came running out and it was all naked and weird and stuff. At that moment, I was like, "Ooh, that looks cool!" But then she grew in size, and I saw the googly eyes. I'm like, "Well, you lost me." <laughs> like this instantly went to being like a cartoon. You had it for a second, but then you were like, "No, no, no!" You know what's scarier is if it was bigger, and it's like, "Okay." Mm, you know, and it so. shows up a few things, and I think there are like similar monsters he forms into for some of the movies. So there were like. Uh, designs and special effects that I was appreciating, but mm. they don't quite work. They you know work what, on... You know what movie had better monsters and actually creepier monsters? Hmm. Shazam. <laughs> the, I haven't the, seen Shazam. I the, really seven, the seven deadly sins in Shazam are legit creepy. I can understand kids being scared by those. Because mm-hmm. I've heard that. I've heard like a couple kids were actually really scared by that, like little kids. And I get it. Because I'm like, those are actually like really intense, creepy looking monsters. So I like, and it was so funny. I was watching, as I was watching it, um, the whole time I was like, man, Shazam has scarier scenes than this. Like, (laughs) you know what? Like, when I first. I mean, Shazam's directed by a horror movie director, so it it makes sense. Uh, When I first saw Toy Story 3, and they're the characters that Key and Peele play, Mm -hmm. like the bunny and the ducky. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's that scene at the end of the movie where they grow large, because it's it's a, like, kind of imaginary sequence that they're describing. Yeah, they're imagining a scenario. But they grow in huge size, and their eyes are just, like, really big. I remember, like, being in the theater uh, with our mother, and... Mm -hmm. There were, like, little kids in the audience, and they started crying <laughs> because mm-hmm. of that scene. So that scared more people, in my opinion, than... Yeah, I, yeah, I, that scene, yeah that scene is scarier than anything. <laughs> um, because, you know, like, this seems weird, but, mm-hmm. you know, these creepy designs, you're kind of expecting it. Now, you can have creepy designs, uh, and it'd be scary. I think Guillermo del Toro is... Uh, a pretty good like, yeah. Pan's Labyrinth and I think the new movie that he produced like I was kind of thinking of that movie uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark mm-hmm. I haven't and seen that one yet I've seen some of the character designs or the creature designs in mm-hmm. those and those seem genuinely weird yeah. just because they are weird mm-hmm. they're not like they don't have like a lot of fangs or something like that like something mm-hmm. that you would see in a Halloween store yeah, yeah. the difference is is Del Toro knows how to shoot 
things that are scary mm-hmm. if you watch Pan's Labyrinth. Because Pan's Labyrinth, Pan's Labyrinth is not a horror movie. No. But, like, definitely the scene with the naked man mm-hmm. is is really freaky. And there's a lot of scenes in there where there are things that... Because he's never designing anything to intentionally look creepy. He's designing them to look weird. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of things in there, like the fawn is a creature where, depending on the mood of the scene, it can look really like, oh, kind of like a friendly tree creature. Or it can look really scary. Mm. Um, and same thing with the naked man. When he's just kind of sitting there, like just at the dinner table, and just, you see like this, it looks like a man, but he's like all wrinkly and just all saggy, mm-hmm. but not moving. You're like, all right, that's weird. And it's not until it starts moving and you see it eat one of the fairies that you're like, okay, this thing mm-hmm. is scary. And it doesn't start moving until like the thing, like the girl is told not to do. I think she's yeah. told like not to eat The fairy anything. is like sh- shooing her away mm-hmm. and she And when she breaks the rule, yeah. like she was safe until she did something she wasn't supposed to. Yeah. So it, it has this added layer of knowing it's like, you weren't supposed to do that. And, oh, like, and this thing looks weird. Just stay away from me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, Del Toro does a big thing where, you know, he he thinks really intensely about all his scenes and about the designs of the creatures. Mm-hmm. And uh, even though I didn't find this movie that scary, Crimson Peak um, has a really kind of, like, horrifying ghost creature at the beginning Yeah, that you realize is not actually there to hurt anybody. No. Like, it's, it's actually... You know, and so he so he thinks about things like this intensely and what they mean and how they're to be presented for the audience. Uh, it, I just get the sense where they're like, well, we need a scary scene here. And, oh, we need him to turn into a monster or we need Pennywise to transform into something. Yeah, those, the Guillermo the It felt like it was checking boxes as opposed to being a, like a movie. And I, I think Crimson Peak like brings up a good point because it's... Uh, because the character in that is a novel writer, and she has a story that has a ghost in it. Mm -hmm. And she describes it, it's like, it's not a ghost story, it's a love story with a ghost in it. Mm -hmm. So these other types of horror movies, and I think Jessica Chastain's in that movie as well. Um, Yes, she is. I just kind of remembered. Yeah, and... But and so is Loki. Oh, oh, it's you know when Loki and Beverly were in the same movie. Oh man, we're we're so good at the internet. Oh man, <laughs> well isn't that wacky? <laughs> uh, but it those movies are about something else, and mm-hmm. then there are creepy factors in it. The yeah. Ant's Labyrinth is a kind of a fairy tale, but uh, it's also like a war refugee film. Like yeah. it, it's this girl trying to get away from these fascists. Yeah, and it should really be a movie about trauma, mm-hmm. but it's not. Because it's, it's so not a movie. Because that's trauma. a big thing, like with the characters. I think the character Eddie, he marries someone who looks like his mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, Is that the same actress? I don't know. That would be funny if that. That, was. that would be really cool. That's what I thought when I was watching. I'm like, that looks like the same actress, but I could be wrong. Uh, but Beverly marries someone who's as abusive as her dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think um, Will or Bill marries someone that kind of looks like Beverly. That went nowhere, by the way. Nope. Um, it's like I was expecting that to be something. But, uh, nope, but yeah. She, I mean, she's more of a character in the book, too. Like, a lot of that... Mm-hmm. Eddie's wife is more of a character in the book. She shows up at one point. Um, so there, there's... Uh, yeah, at the end of the, It should be a movie about trauma and dealing with childhood trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, which the book is. Um, uh, but, you know, like I said, the book doesn't... I don't think does it 100% successfully. I think the movie is a chance to do it um, to refine a lot of those ideas. Mm-hmm. 
and it felt like they went backwards. It felt like they, they unrefined a whole lot of it. And uh, I just see a lot of the potential. It shot well. Mm-hmm. It's shot very well. Um, definitely has good production design, but I think that works against had, a lot of had movie. good, interesting score. Like, mm-hmm. a good orchestra-type music. Because there are, like we said, there are a lot of, like, scenes of the kids and then the adults, like, walking around, mm-hmm. noticing stuff. And there's, like, a good uh, music accompaniment to it. So. There is one running gag I like. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in both movies. And it's, it's the only the only scary thing that happens in both movies. That is, I don't find it scary, but it's the only thing I, I, I really am like, that's really good. I do like that. And that's when they come across the uh, three doors. Uh-huh. The, the not scary at all, scary, and very scary. Mm-hmm. They come across it in both movies, and each time I was I enjoyed those scenes yeah. a lot. <laughs> um, and, uh, and I, yeah, I just, I liked... Just every time they opened those doors, I just liked how different each of those were. So mm-hmm. I, that, that running gag I liked. Um, yeah, I, I feel like these these movies are worth seeing. You could probably do it like us and just, like, when it becomes on... Watch, watch them both in the same day. Don't don't dedicate yeah. a whole lot of time to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it. If you want to wait for the second one to come on Amazon and then just rent both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, just watch them both, like, intermittently and then be done and just be like oh okay because uh, yeah uh you're not missing a lot it's very popular it's engraved in pop culture mm-hmm. um at this point so you can definitely be one of the cool kids mm-hmm. and get in on it but yeah not not missing a lot not a lot of substance and read the stand in the dark tower series mm-hmm. just instead. read the dark tower series that's if you're gonna i say read the stand too in mm-hmm. eyes of the dragon Anything that has the Man in Black, Randall, yeah. Randall Flag in it is worth a read. Um, but, uh, yeah, that would be my suggestion. Hmm. Well, I think that uh, about wraps it up for today. All uh, right, and we're going into Hour 2 where we're talking about Star Trek. No, no, we're not. All right, so I, Star, I Trek, you, Star Trek okay. premiered on this day in September 8th, 1966. So you're going to sit back here. I got other reviews to do. Let's go it's into like the original I pilot wanna, episode. You're... This is Which not pilot happen. episode? This is not going to happen every That's time. That's right. We're going into the cage sure. first. So and thank you all no one has gone for before. listening. And I will see you next time. Christopher Pike.